Welcome to the Freddie Mac Single Family CRT Cast, a series under the Home Starts Here podcast. Now, investors have a front row seat to conversations discussing economic and housing markets, portfolio management and analytics, servicing policy and credit risk management from Freddie Mac leaders and other industry experts. Welcome to the CRT Cast. This is the second episode. Uh, my name is Mike Reynolds. I'm so glad you're with us, and I'm very excited to have Jim Benison from ArchMI with us today. Jim, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. This is a, a topic that's simple in concept, but it's proven to be a little esoteric in both execution and understanding, so I'm looking forward to the conversation. As am I, and hopefully our, our listeners will too. The, the general idea with the CRT cast is we're trying to make a, a difficult subject a little bit easier for a broader audience. And uh, I think we had a very successful initial episode with uh, Andrew Davidson. And, um, you know, you had reached out and uh, offered your availability to join us. And um, I, I, I just think it's perfect. So, you know, Jim, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and your role at Arch? Sure. I, I, I head up the alternative markets group. Uh, within the mortgage uh, unit at Arch. Uh, the mortgage business is is one of three significant businesses at Arch. Arch Capital Group is a large insurance, reinsurance conglomerate based out of Bermuda um, and got into the mortgage insurance space after the financial crisis through a series of acquisitions of uh, legacy mortgage insurance companies. It has since expanded uh, the company now has mortgage insurance operations in Australia, Europe, as well as Hong Kong. Uh, my group is responsible for a variety of different uh, business activities, hence the name Alternative Markets. Uh, principally, we run our own credit risk transfer platform, which includes a capital markets execution, which is called uh, Bellmead. Uh, and then we also utilize uh, traditional reinsurance as well. Uh, we also have what we call our structured solutions business, which provides credit protection to financial institutions who have retained mortgage exposure on their own balance sheet. We have a captive management business where we set up special purpose uh, insurers uh, to help facilitate the transfer of risk for clients. And then most recently, we've set up Arch Mortgage Funding. Uh, which is in the business of acting as a principal. So it's, it falls outside of our traditional insurance and reinsurance activities, but where we are able to acquire mortgages, certain types of mortgages, and then we'll look to principally the capital markets uh, to manage our long-term exposure in those portfolios. That's a broad portfolio. Maybe we can touch base on, the, on some of those. But, you know, I was thinking just to, just before we, we, we dialed into this call, it's possible folks don't really even understand mortgage insurance. I know when we we talked earlier, Jim, we you know we kind of just skipped right over that. But it, uh, you know, I think of mortgage insurance as really the it's the oldest, uh, most used form of credit risk transfer for Freddie Mac. In Freddie Mac's charter, there's a few options for uh, how we can put guarantees and acquire loans. And there's a restriction of if a loan doesn't have at least a 20% down payment, we either need to get some form of recourse from the originator or we can get mortgage insurance. And that's, you know, a, a core foundation uh, to our over 80 business. Uh, you know, the, the, the vast majority of it, of it gets done uh, with mortgage insurance. 
it really is a pathway to ownership where the consumer does not need to save up that full 20%. I just wanted to kind of share that with our listeners, you know, what, what, you know, what is mortgage insurance? And I don't know if there's anything else that you would add to that, Jim. No, in the United States, the principal use of mortgage insurance is in support of selling loans to, to Freddie Mac and, and Fannie Mae that have less than a 20% down payment. You're absolutely right. And then I mentioned there are other uses for the product, you know, bank balance sheets that are retaining mortgage exposure. I mentioned we provide coverage there. And, you know, historically, there's been some use for mortgage insurance in, in the securitization arena as well. And I think, you know, the, the, the product has um, some utility uh, overseas, although it's a little less codified than it is uh, in the U.S. with the charter. Um, you know, one reason we're on, in Australia is there, there are rules uh, around the using of uh, mortgage insurance in that country. And so it's proven to be a, a good market for the product as well. And another aspect of mortgage insurance, as I think about it, you know, as the lead for Freddie Mac's single family CRT program, is as we're looking to attract capital through our um, securitization and our reinsurance platforms, mortgage insurers uh, such as Arch play a role in checking. Um, Freddie Mac checking the underwriting quality of Freddie Mac, right? That um, mortgage insurers have, uh, you know, qualified underwriters, skin in the game. And I think just in terms of an independent party away from Freddie Mac, at least for the loans that, you know, have mortgage insurance, uh, I do think CRT investors should take that extra comfort level knowing that there's this independent party you know, watching underwriting, watching underwriting standards. And, uh, you know, that should be an additional comfort to CRT investors. Uh, agree. And, and you're right to point out that's at the loan level. But I, I would argue uh, that much like mortgage insurers, CRT investors themselves um, can assess at the portfolio level the mortgage credit risk that, that they are taking um, and, you know, and to a certain extent, the prepayment risk that's inherent in these structures as well. Um, and, and in so doing and setting prices for that, they provide valuable feedback both to ARCH and our own CRT program. That's a principal reason why we do CRT ourselves uh, and to the GSEs and their programs as well. So, you know, we talk about it within ARCH as a as an important feedback loop, um, one that was not in place during or prior to the financial crisis. And then you know, our move into credit risk transfer, Arch's move into credit risk transfer was a significant, was a result of a significant lesson learned from, from what we, uh, what the industry, the mortgage insurance industry experienced uh, during the financial crisis. I think that's what, I think that's a great reason why uh, you're our second guest, Jim, uh, in your role at Arch to have uh, another industry participant be utilizing the CRT technology. Can can you share for our listeners a little bit, you know, the background of when that started and what you're looking at and a little bit of how you're using CRT at Arch today? Sure. So <clears throat> Arch and its predecessor, one of its predecessor companies, United Guarantee, um, initiated the mortgage insurance link note uh, market back in 2015. And, and it was you know, frankly, uh, we, we plagiarized a lot of your playbook, Mike. Um, we, we looked at what Fannie and Freddie, or Freddie in particular, was doing 
uh, in, with the SACR program and recognized that, that it was an important evolution in risk management uh, for entities that had concentrated risk. You know, Arch is at its heart a reinsurance company and got into the mortgage insurance space post the financial crisis, believing that it could bring, you know, fresh thinking to risk management in, in, the, uh, in, in the industry. And certainly uh, risk transfer in the form of our Bellamy program uh, was a significant part of that. And so we look at it as a risk management tool. We look at it as a credit, as a capital management tool. Uh, we look at it from a risk management perspective. It's not just that you're transferring some risk. It, what you're really doing is transferring volatility, if you want to say that risk you know, equals volatility. And that has you know, earnings implications. So we believe we are providing a much more stable earnings profile for the investors in Arch uh, for this long tail risk business. And that's, uh, and that's a critical part of, of, of why we do these, these transactions. And then, of course, the, the credit we get from a capital standpoint uh, from the rating agencies and from Freddie Mac and uh, Fannie Mae through the primary mortgage insurance eligibility requirements. Uh, we have tests that are built into those requirements, and we do get some credit for these structures in meeting those tests. And, and since those initial transactions um, in 2015, several of the other mortgage insurance companies have copied you, Jim, and, and what your team has established, and they've uh, created uh, CRT programs as well. I think it's fair to say Arch continues to lead that way. You, you were the first one, the first mortgage insurer back in the space, you know, after um, the market shut down after the initial COVID outbreak, you know, in March of last year, you, you all were the first ones back in from an MI perspective or from a CRT perspective. So you've definitely been trailblazing, taking the technology and then applying it, you know, to, to your situation. I think one uh, piece that you touched on there, all, all of the Mortgage insurance companies certainly pay attention to P. Myers, which is a, a set of counterparty and capital standards that the GSEs use uh, to qualify mortgage insurers. But you also mentioned um, a rating agency. And, and I think that kind of reflects a little bit on that uh, RHMI is part of the reinsurer business. So I think a lot of our listeners are not really familiar with reinsurance I certainly was not to the extent that I am over these past few years. Can, can you just talk for a minute on what a reinsurer is and just try to ground uh, folks a little bit on, on that? Sure. So the reinsurance industry exists to insure insurers. It's a way for the insurance industry to manage their exposures. So in our case, we're a mortgage insurer. We're looking to reinsurance as a means to um, manage our exposure uh, in the mortgage in the mortgage space. We do it two ways. We do it through the capital markets by creating these capital markets transactions. And then we can also do it through traditional reinsurance. So there's you know, an industry of hundreds of, of reinsurance companies across the globe. They have hundreds of billions of dollars of capital to deploy uh, in support of the insurance industries across the globe. Um, mortgage is a specialized class. There's a subset of reinsurers that are familiar uh, in underwriting mortgage credit risk, but they they play a significant role alongside the capital markets in taking on 
portions of the mortgage credit risk that uh, we originate uh, and, and the GSEs. You, you, you've certainly taken advantage of the reinsurance markets as well as the capital markets. And I think the COVID experience you just mentioned, where you're absolutely right, uh, when COVID hit, the uncertainty of that created caused a pause in the uh, capital markets uh, for about 90 days before we were able to come back and issue our new Bellamy transaction for 2020. But nevertheless, the reinsurance markets remain largely open. We placed a significant quota share reinsurance agreement on our mortgage insurance business uh, a month before we did uh, our first Bellamy transaction. So during the period, the capital markets were, were under some duress reinsurance market proved to maintain its availability. And I think that goes to the importance of having diversified sources of capital and taking advantage of, of you know, capacity and, and capabilities in the different markets in order to ensure that you have ready access and sufficient access to continue to manage on a through-the-cycle basis. I agree. Pretty max strategy is to have multiple products to be able to diversify its sources. I think a lot of our listeners are very, very familiar with the equity markets, you know, stock markets, but certainly, you know, securitization debt was widely used. And now, you know, reinsurance, uh, at least in the mortgage market, is material. You know, I would say as an example, just, just to finish that thought for our listeners, you know, uh, natural disaster risk is a, is also like say a very common risk that insurers take on that they then look to get you know reinsurance for their for their own books and you know not only have we seen this evolution of CRT you know since our initial tr- uh, stacker transaction back in 2013 we've now seen it with in the inside the mortgage companies and now we've started to see some banks uh, both large and, and mid-sized banks are also starting to to use CRT. And I think just overall, that is, that's a very healthy process. That's certainly something that is good net-net for Freddie Mac, right? To have a broader CRT market, to have a broader understanding, to have multiple uses. And and it's also something for us to study. CRT is relatively new. This form of it is less than a decade old, um, and it's still evolving. But, you know, other issuers, other participants also gives Freddie Mac an opportunity for us to you look at how that CRT is structured, look at how the investor base is there. What, in your view, Jim, are there any like key differences in the way Arch goes, you know, uh, creating a CRT structure uh, versus what you've seen in, in our Stacker and ACES programs? Well, there are some differences. They're a little bit of form over substance. I mean, we're, we're not a, a, a GSC. We don't have the uh, implicit or explicit you know, support of the U.S. federal government. So our structures necessarily need to be a little bit different um, to account for that fact. Also, as an insurance company, we, we, we've chosen the mortgage insurance link note structure, an insurance link note structure, where we set up a special purpose reinsurer uh, to act as the issuer of the securities, proceeds of which will back the insurance policy of that special purpose reinsurer issues to the mortgage insurance company. So um, that also has the added benefit of 
not falling under uh, risk retention rules, which were rules that were set up after the financial crisis under the Dodd-Frank legislation. Because it is all an insurance contract, um, it, it makes the transaction a little bit more efficient for us. And, and, and that's just, you know, frankly, taking advantage of the fact that we're, we're an insurance company and can enjoy that, that exclusion. But outside of that, me- mechanically, the structures are virtually identical. You know, we put the, the cash into a trust rather than hold it on our own balance sheet. Uh, it's it's in, invested in, in, in short-term treasury securities in order to ensure that uh, as the loans pay down and our mortgage insurance amortizes uh, down, our, our credit exposure amortizes down, we, on a monthly basis, pay back the bondholders. And if the cash is there, should should losses exceed a certain percentage, that that cash would then be used to pay uh, claims that would otherwise be our responsibility. Uh, and in that respect, as I mentioned earlier, that that's that's how we ensure uh, that the earnings profile of Arch has a, has a certain degree of stability. So if losses, we'll, we'll accept losses up to a point. Uh, and once that threshold is breached, investors will take the losses for, for a period of time uh, until their coverage is exhausted. And in doing that, we're preserving the uh, the earnings profile of the business. Um, and the expectation is it should be experience an unexpected event similar to the financial crisis uh, from back in 2008. Uh, rather than that event being a solvency concern, um, it becomes more of an earnings concern so that the business has the viability to continue to operate, continue to offer mortgage insurance, and continue to stay in business. And that, that has to be very appealing um, to your equity investors, right? That's a, that's a component of, of the description of the business and how you, um, you know, an earnings event versus a solvency event is uh, yeah. materially different. I, I would agree <laughs> the equity investors find that comment a, a much more appealing than the alternatives. Absolutely. So um, are there any other topics, Jim, that uh, you would want to cover before we, before we wrap up here? Well, you touched on it very briefly, um, but I, I do think it's worth some emphasis, and that is the fact that we're beginning to see banks enter the credit risk transfer space. Um, this is something that um, J.P. Morgan Chase has, has uh, kind of championed over the last several years, working with bank regulators to get them comfortable with various structures. And then we saw a very noteworthy transaction a few months ago, Texas Capital, um, more of a super regional bank, uh, a little more specialized financial institution, um, did their own credit risk transfer uh, transaction. Um, again, these are in the capital markets, um, but but they're noteworthy because it, it, it looks as though some momentum is starting to build uh, for the bank market to take advantage of this uh, uh, this technology. Again, all for the same reasons: to manage capital, to manage risk, uh, and to help uh, you know in, you know insulate the businesses a bit from earnings volatility. Uh, and, and so I do agree. And, and again, I have to I give all the credit to Freddie Mac. They were really the leaders in developing credit risk transfer after the financial crisis. But it has been fascinating to watch this industry, this product, this, this uh, execution uh, evolve and move uh, throughout now different industries, uh, really proving its viability. Um, 
uh, and certainly look forward to, to seeing how this continues to evolve going forward. Yeah, I'm glad you went back to that um, and, and completely agree that, you know, when we first launched Credit Risk Transfer, we were trying our best to create an instrument um, that could be broadly distributed. Um, and, you know, mortgage credit risk is, is sophisticated and, uh, you know, investors really have to be well-educated on it and understand it. But there are ways to try to make it uh, as repeatable as possible. And, and we did a fair amount of studying of, of similar types of transactions that are happening over in um, continental Europe. But those often are very customized trades and you don't get up to the scale. And uh, although transactions have evolved over time, I do think the those bank transactions look very similar uh, to, say, you know, the current stacker transactions. Of course, there are some adjustments, but overall that helps attract capital. It helps attract dollars uh, in, into the space. And Again, it's another tool that is outside of just the pure equity um, space or you know dividend policy space. Before we stop, Jim, you know we're 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 on the verge here of hopefully uh, you know CDC has uh, recently, as of at least of this recording, uh, you know lifted some mask mandates. If uh, if you're fully vaccinated, and and hopefully we're going to kind of get back to whatever the new normal is as. Uh, you have any plans um, once once you can kind of fully f- move about? What's kind of like tops on your list of you want to do uh, once we can, once we can? I'm uh, I'm from Texas. I've got a brother uh, that lives in Austin, and you know I'm reminded one thing I'll, I'll remember about about COVID is I was flying back with my daughter after having spent a week out in West Texas with my brother. Uh, we were flying back to Raleigh, and when I landed, when we landed, uh, I, I had a message on my phone that the offices were going to be closed due to COVID, and we were all going to be working from home. And uh, I have not been back out to see my brother and my son, uh, a few years younger than my daughter, uh, was, was you know, listening to our stories, and he's been desperate to get back out to West Texas, uh, spend some time. Um, in in uh, Big Bend National Park, Marathon, Marfa, Fort Davis area, uh, and so that's what we're planning on doing is getting out there uh, and uh, spend some quality time with family in a part of the country that, frankly, I just don't get a chance to go see very often. It's pretty unique, so that's my big post-COVID travel plan. Um, I'm, I'm happy for you when you're going to be able to do that. And I think a lot of our listeners, they can relate to that. Looking forward to seeing family, looking forward to, to traveling. Uh, I, I'm looking forward too to seeing what the new workspace is. You know, I've been, I'm doing this podcast out of my basement, but I, I, I will say I, I spent a few weeks uh, working remote at the beach. I was like, well, if I'm working remote, why don't I work from someplace nice? So We'll see how that all comes together. But either way, we know we have plenty of work with our CRT. And I, I again, Jim, I want to thank you for taking your time to talk with us today and then just more broadly for the great partnerships that we have with Arch. And uh, I wish you the, the best of success uh, with all of that uh, portfolio that you're managing. Uh, well, you too, Mike, and look forward to future conversations on this topic. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Freddie Mac's CRT Cast, a series under the Home Starts Here podcast. Stay tuned and subscribe to catch additional interviews with key industry leaders and experts. Home Starts Here is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate you rating, reviewing, and sharing with your network.